listening to the Echo Community Church Podcast. We have a passion for being and making disciples of Jesus Christ. Wherever you are on your spiritual journey, we hope this podcast inspires you to take another step. Let's join our pastor for today's teaching from the Bible. This is wonderful being here with you this morning. Um, Kids, if you have your worship packs and you haven't gotten them out yet, make sure you get them out and fill in your activity sheets today. They have to do with what we're going to talk about this morning. And if you fill out those sheets and finish your coloring pictures on the way out, you can stop by a prize table, show us your completed activity pack, and you get to choose a prize today. But kids, I think you're going to be able, this is, a, this is definitely a, a message that I think our kids totally will understand. Um, we're going to talk, we're starting a series today that has a lyric in it from one of my favorite Christmas songs. It's a Christmas song that actually talks about Christmas decorating. Part of the song talks about decorating for Christmas. How many of you are big Christmas decorators? And if I, Carrie, I knew it. I knew your hand was going to go up first. Big, big into Christmas decorating. I'm getting more into it as I, I was going to say as I age, as I mature. I'm getting more into it. I'm, I do realize there's a certain amount of manual labor in, in our house. We have to get the, the Christmas decorations out from where they are in the basement and get them up the steps uh, to, to the main floor where we do the decorating. But there's a, a Christmas carol called Deck the Halls. I, I, I won't put you through hearing me sing it this morning. There's a lot of fa's and some laws in there. Okay? But there is a line in there that says, "'Tis the season to be jolly." And uh, I just thought, how appropriate for us over these next few weeks to talk about tis the season being our theme. This is a season that's pretty, we're in the holiday season, kind of starts around Veterans Day, includes Thanksgiving and uh, first day of winter and my birthday and Christmas Eve and Christmas, all the national holidays, right? Uh, It's okay. My eight-year-old is amending. Uh, what I'm saying, he says my birthday is not a national holiday. He hasn't learned yet, um, but, but, but it's just a family holiday. I'm, I'm, I'm being uh, facetious. I use that word a lot around the house. No, the 7.5 billion people in the world do not celebrate my birthday. I better make sure all of my notes are correct today. I have a living spell check going on here this morning. No, you're right. They don't. Just just the four people that live at 3105 Northwind Road celebrate my birthday. Um, but it is a season where uh, we get into the different holiday things. And the Bible actually tells us that seasons is not something we invented. A season is something God designed. God created it. He baked it into his plan for how the earth and how our life would operate. And like we talked about last week, if God designed it, then there's a reason for it. And if we understand a little bit more about seasons, we can understand God and life better. So we are going to, we're going to have some fun looking um, in what I think is probably the most most memorable part of the Bible that talks about seasons. And we're going to go after this. um, I'm going to read to you the scripture. Because those of you that are watching online and those of you that are listening to podcast, this is the way you'll hear the scripture today. Those of you that are here live are going to get a special treat in just a second um, for how we're going to hear the scripture today. But you that are here live, you're going to hear it twice. So let me read it to you. It's written by a man who was famous for being the most wise man who ever lived. You know, Solomon, exactly. He's the guy, he was David's son, one of David's sons who pleased God's heart so much that God came to Solomon and said, 
I'm so pleased with you. You can ask me for one thing, anything at all, and I'll give it to you. There's all kinds of things he could have asked for. He could have asked for unlimited refills everywhere forever. He could have asked for, you know, unlimited purchases at Target. He could have asked for riches. He could have asked for wealth. He could have asked for to live forever health. And what did he ask for? Wisdom. God, give me wisdom. And so God gave him wisdom. And I think it's a pretty reliable source for us to say if the most wise man who ever lived wrote a song or a poem about the topic of seasons, we can go there to get some good stuff. So we're going to go to this passage. It's in a book he wrote called Ecclesiastes, chapter 3. And as I begin to read verses 1 through 8, some of you are going to get ahead of me and already understand the other way we're going to learn the scripture this morning. But let me read it to you from the New Living Translation. For e- it's, not, it's, n- it's not on the screens. I didn't give them to you for notes. Just listen. For everything there is a season. Oh, wow, Julie, you're amazing. Look at that. For everything there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to harvest, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build up, a time to cry and a time to laugh, a time to grieve and a time to dance. A time to scatter stones and a time to gather stones. A time to embrace, a time to turn away. A time to search and a time to quit searching. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to mend. A time to be quiet and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. A songwriter in the 1950s was thinking about these words. songwriter by the name of Pete Seeger. And Pete Seeger took these words right out of the King James Bible, King James Version of the Bible, and he put a melody to it and uh, recorded it. Not really all that popular in the late 50s, 1959, someone else recorded the song, not all that popular. But then in 1965, a group called The Birds got a hold of this song. And they recorded it, and it went all the way to number one on the Billboard music chart. And it's interesting, it's the only, uh, it's the only segment from Scripture that was sung word for word or written word for word with the exception of three words, turn, 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 um, that went to number one on the Billboard chart. And I thought maybe if more people would make songs out of the Bible, they'd go to, th- I don't know. Um, but I think it's interesting. It came at a time that was very, you know, I didn't live through it. This was a little bit before my time. I was born 10 years later. Um, but it was a very interesting time in the States. There was a lot of um, public sentiment that was against us being involved in some of the wars and military operations around the world that we were. And they grabbed onto this song because it became an anthem for people because they said the song calls for peace. And we still are holding out hope that instead of everybody fighting with one another, we can get along and have peace. And so I think the words from Ecclesiastes that were written a couple thousand years ago began to really resonate the hearts of people. And probably a lot of people started singing along with that song and agreeing with it, not even knowing it was from the Bible. But I thought it might be interesting for, and just, just kind of a change of pace. We won't do this every week, but just for this week, I asked Pastor James to help me put together um, a video that would just have the music from this. You can hear the original song from 1965 and see the lyrics along with it because of the copyrights 
because of the copyrights and the permissions you have to have to do this. We can't push the sound through our online platform or put it in our audio podcast. Um, so, so just bear with us for just a moment, um, those of you that are, that are online with us. But if, if you're here with us, why don't we just take a moment and, and listen to this song and follow through with the, with the words of Scripture and, and think about what it must, must have been like to hear this song expressed this way for the first time.
somebody said to me earlier, they said, that song's like 55 years old. I was like, it's older than that. <laughs> much, it's, it's a couple thousand years old, actually. Um, it, it, because, you know, Solomon, uh, Solomon wrote that way back in the Old Testament times. They're just putting new music to it right now. But um, interesting that it caught on. It, people really related to that song. In fact, I know some of you hearing it, you're like, yeah, that, you know, that's, I've always related to that song. And um, the only words they added were turn, 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 which seems to indicate that they're understanding that what Solomon was writing about is that seasons are constantly changing and turning. Now, Solomon lists 28 different seasons in here. And when I think seasons, if you ask me how many seasons of life are there, I'd answer not 28, I'd say four. Now let's hold on there for a second because I know we've got some sharp people in the room. What are the four seasons we usually think about? We think about winter, right? And then what else? Spring, summer, fall. All you got to do is call and I'll be there. Yes, I will. You've got a friend. Another song, right? Winter, spring, summer, fall. Um, now we all probably have a favorite. Do you have a favorite? among those four seasons, one you like the best out of all four? Okay, where am I? Okay, we'll start with that one. How many of you say fall is my favorite? My favorite. Let me see. Okay, fall. What do you like about fall? Why is it your favorite? Sweaters and boots. Yes. Yes, I see some resonating around. Not good for Maryland summers, right? You dress for the wrong, there's, an, there's a way you can respond to the seasons inappropriately and it will make your life miserable. And that is called wearing sweater and boots in July in Maryland. That is terrible. What else do you like about fall? Sweater, boots, what else? Say that again. Bonfires. Trees and leaves, right? Do you rake them? Okay, see, that's why. Yeah. What else? Pumpkin spice latte, I know some, I, Alicia, I know, does not care. <laughs> yeah, she likes those too. Um, I like, you know, I like uh, too. I like the temperature change. For me, fall is like the ideal sleeping temperature. It's like it's not that hot that I have to have the fan blowing on me all night, and it's not that cold that I'm freezing. It's just like the perfect temperature. What about winter? Do, is anybody who likes winter the best? Okay, a couple people. It was not the most popular at the 9 a.m. service either. Um, what? What is it then about winter that doesn't make it your favorite? What don't you like about winter? Cold, okay, cold. Ice. Snow, okay. Now, some people say, I don't like snow. How many of you do like snow? Yeah, when you're home, like all the, yeah, all the students are like, we love snow. And when you do virtual school, I don't think, you have to kind of hope that a virus hits the school for you not to be able to, I, I joke, I don't mean COVID, uh, the, 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 um, yeah, the Baltimore County Public School System, and for those of you that don't know or don't have kids in school, for whatever reason, we, we got notified Wednesday morning that um, a, a computer bug, a computer virus hit their whole online platform, and so the kids couldn't have school on Wednesday. And then we got an email yesterday that the kids can't have school on Monday or Tuesday because they still haven't cleaned it all up yet. So whatever six-year-old created the virus, it's like, yes, this is the best thing I've ever done. Um, but uh, yeah, so winter, what you, you don't like the cold, you don't like the snow. I like snow, I don't like shoveling. So that's kind of the trade-off for me. And some people just say it's too cold. I like the cold. I like, well, what I like about the winter is just, it's so, I feel like there's moments where it's just so still and quiet outside. I like that. You know, those moments are few and far between, but I, I like those. What about spring? Whose favorite is spring? Okay, okay. What do we like about spring? Rebirth. Okay, yes. Sw what, did you say swim? 
Oh, flannel. James, you wear flannel year-round. I wear vests year-round. You and I are not the best examples of fashion and, and weather. You, you wear your spring flannels, right? Yeah, and I wear my spring vest. That's the same thing. I just wear a short sleeve shirt under. But it's, okay. Uh, what else do you like about spring? My house, uh, for at least Chase and I, spring means the beginning of baseball season on TV, usually the beginning of baseball in rec sports, and we like that. Here's what I don't like about spring. Seasonal allergies and pollen. Yes, yeah, we're bonding over that. That yellow stuff everywhere, eyes watering, sneezing. I don't care for that so much. It's a, it kind of it gets me and Chase pretty bad every year. What about summer? Who likes summer best? That was our popular one. Spring and summer were the two favorite at the 9 a.m. service. What do you like about summer best? Flip-flops. See, for you, it's boots, it's flip-flops, it's, it's all about footwear. There you go. It's the daylight until 9 o'clock. Chase says baseball trips. I think for me, the thing I like best about summer is, yeah, I, I know that's the time of the year every year where, for us, we usually plan our vacation there. So there's going to be family memories, there's going to be fun. Chase and I um, are trying to see all 30 baseball stadiums before he graduates, so we've been seeing two a year, and then COVID derailed us, so... We substituted the Hall of Fame in there for that this year. Who knows what 2021 holds? Poor 2021. That year has so many expectations on it. It can't possibly live up to all of them. Um, but, uh, you know, yeah, I, I like that. Can I tell you what I don't like about summer? It's mosquitoes. I do not like mosquitoes. They love me, though. And probably the other three people in my family would say, well, the mosquitoes don't bother me. That's because I'm around. They're like attracted to me. I will hose myself down with bug spray and I can watch little mosquitoes land on me and like scrape through the bug spray just to get their little tiny beaks into my arm. It's just, I, I don't know what it is about me. They just can't, they can't stay away. But yeah, I don't like mosquitoes. Um, truth of the matter is, you know, we have four seasons and we have four, the, the way the dictionary tells us what a season is, it says it's one of the four marks around the sun that the earth, four different positions around the sun that impact the earth in terms of the weather and the temperature and the hours of daylight in relation to where the earth is to the sun. Now you do understand that while it is summer here in Ecuador, it is what? It's, yeah, it's fall, winter. So right now, everybody in the world, if we had a conversation about seasons, they'd all understand, but you understand that not all of us on the last day of November of 2020 are in the same season, right? There's different people in the world who are in a different season than you are right now. In fact, in, in some parts of the world, when they think about Christmas, they don't think about, I'm dreaming of a white Christmas and snow and ice. They think about shorts and t-shirts and flip-flops because, because Christmas occurs in their summertime. So it's a, just an important thing for us to recognize that even though we're all in a season, we're not all in the same season at the same time, if that makes sense to you. Solomon doesn't talk so much about weather. He talks about 28 other kinds of seasons. And I want to just draw out today, this is very basic, I just want to draw out a couple evergreen ideas from Solomon's poem here. So let me just give you a couple thoughts to get us thinking about life and seasons. So here's some evergreen ideas. Here's the first one. We, Solomon's trying to tell us that one major ingredient in God's recipe for life is seasons. He's telling us we didn't invent seasons. We kind of discovered them, realized them, but God designed them. God designed the planets 
to revolve around the sun. Now, the sun doesn't revolve around our planet. We figured that out somewhere along the line. The planet actually revolves around the sun. The sun, as far as we can tell, is pretty constant. It's always there. It's always hot. It's 93 million miles away. But our experience, our temperatures, our daylight change several times a year, not based on the sun changing, but based on the Earth's position towards the sun. And and those of you that have had any type of science, you know, in in school or whatever, you'll know the Earth is kind of tilted on an axis, and this little blue marble goes around the sun. And at four different stops along the way, based on where you live, the tilt of the axis and where that is in relationship to the sun determines the general temperatures and how much sunlight that you have, what the weather is like, how you dress, what you should be doing outside and inside. doesn't have to do with the sun changing. has to do with the position of the earth to the sun. Well, God decided that not only would our weather and the planet have seasons, Solomon tells us that there's other types of events, feelings, seasons of life that you can experience. And he lists them. He says there's times when you're going to cry. There'll be a season of sadness maybe in your life. You also have seasons of happiness and laughter. You'll have seasons of planting, seasons of growing, seasons of harvest. You'll have, I love this one, you'll have seasons where it's, it's time to search and then there's seasons where it's time to stop searching because you found it. Stop it. <laughs> Focus on what you have, not on what you're looking for. And that's all loaded into this. So we need to understand that God designed life to have seasons. And if you understand that, it gives you a better perspective on what to do today and how to understand God better. Second, uh, a second evergreen idea from this poem I, I wrote down was that seasons have a beginning and seasons have an end. Many seasons are cyclical. It means they repeat in cycles. Winter, spring, summer, fall. Winter, spring, summer, fall. Winter, spring, summer, fall. They, they cycle. They keep turn, turn, turn. They're turning all the time. Not everything in life is seasonal. Not everything in life is deciduous. There are some things about life that are constant, that are evergreen. Things that are constant and evergreen, they don't have a beginning and an end. They don't have a cycle. They always are. But Solomon is showing us there's some things in life that you might be in right now. They have a beginning and an end. You know, our seasons have a beginning and an end. Like you can look at the calendar and we decide, hey, based on where we know the earth is on this date, like one's easy for me to remember because my birthday is December 21st, which is also on the calendar the first day of winter. So you can actually, if you get a calendar that's, you know, probably in your phones, it'll tell you, if you turn on that little part, it'll tell you, here's the first day of spring, here's the first day of summer, here's the first day of fall, here's the first day of winter. You can mark it on your calendar. Here's the thing. Have you ever been in a season that the calendar says it should be fall and you walk outside and you're like, someone didn't tell the weather yet. Because it is September and it's supposed to be fall and it's 92 degrees with 100% humidity, right? It doesn't always exactly line up that way, but I will tell you the deeper into that season you get, you usually have that one, I always feel like it's like this one weekend where summer got its last stroke in and then some cold front came in and you're like, okay, it is definitely fall. Put the, you know, get out the boots and the sweaters and put away the flip-flops. It is time it is time for fall. In the same way, Solomon's saying there's at least, there's more than 28, but he's saying here's other things in life that are seasonal. They have a beginning. They have an end. And in fact, these seasons are very likely that you'll have multiples of these same seasons in your life 
throughout your life. So he's helping us understand that he's actually, it's, it's some ways it's, it's hope for people who say, I'm in a season right now where there's, there's grief. I'm grieving. Somebody in my life has passed away. A job I used to love has been gone from me. A group of friends that I used to be close with or, you know, we had a falling out and we're not close to anywhere and I'm going through grief. And what Solomon says, he would say, listen, this is a season. This is not evergreen. This is a season of your life. It is part of life. God promises you and tells you in advance there's going to be seasons like this. You might say, oh, this is like the winter of my life. There's nothing about this that I like. I can't wait for spring. Well, spring is coming. Has an end to it. I like to tell you that's the only time in life you'll walk through it by saying it's a season. And every season has with it opportunities. Every season has with it obstacles. There's no one season that is exclusively delicious or exclusively terrible. There are ingredients in each season that God can use in our life to give us a perspective, to help us grow, to help us mature, to help us become wiser, to help us become more like Jesus. Third evergreen idea I pulled out of here He says very clearly, there is a season for everything under heaven. If God God quantifies this as a seasonal thing, then there there is really a season for, there's a season for everything. And within this room, you've got different people in different seasons at the same time. Within this room, if if there's 65 people in this room, if you ask around, and you got people to feel safe enough, you probably find some people that say, man, I'm, I'm in a season where I'm just thriving and growing and joyful. And you could talk to another person, I'm in the middle of a season where I am sad and crying and burned out. One person might say, I'm in a season where I am saving everything. You could be another person, I'm in a season where I'm throwing everything away. That's a, you know, Marie Kondo would love part of this chapter. Solomon says there's a time to keep things. There's also a time to throw away things. And I won't tell any stories about how that plays out in the Nower household, but you know, we sometimes, Kendra and I will just look at each other and be like, we have got to thin out some of this stuff, like the toys that we have for the boys. Do they breed while we're asleep or something? It's like we have so many things, and you just come to a time where it's like, no, we need to save that. We need to put that up for later. Solomon says there is a time to hang on to something. Now, it's not the time to throw that away, yet hold on to that. Solomon also says you'll go through seasons where it's like, you know what, it's time to move on from some things, pass them on, throw them away, move them along. It's a very, very, very practical. He says there's a season for everything. Another one that's in here, I love this. He says there's a, time, there's a season or a time to be quiet, and there's a season to speak. Solomon's saying speaking everything that you think while you think it is not evergreen. You don't have to say everything you think as soon as you think it. In fact, please don't do that. There is a season to be quiet, he says. I think Jesus modeled this for us. Didn't Jesus understand when to speak up? Did anyone speak more powerfully, more convincingly, with more conviction than Jesus? There's never been another communicator like Jesus. In fact, I mean, show me another communicator that is who's, who's, who's what they said and who they are are still changing lives thousands of years after they were on the earth. Jesus. And yet, as good as he was at speaking up and as appropriate as he was, there's also times when he stood trial. 
And the people were lining up and giving false testimony about him. And the judge and the jury asked Jesus, what do you have to say about all these accusations? The Bible says he answered them not a word. And in his, he recognized there was a season, a moment, where he could have spoken up, but he knew in that moment it was more wise for him to be quiet. And I'm afraid we're losing the ability to differentiate between the appropriateness of quiet and speaking up. I'm afraid that we as a, at least as an American society, news travels so fast, doesn't it? We live in a society where we've introduced a new term called hot takes. It's on every news channel, every sports channel. In fact, you know, let, let's use sports as a less divisive example. Um, when you watch a football game, as I do every now and again, I will find myself as, as entertaining for me to watch the Twitter feed of the team. I, I follow the Philadelphia Eagles in football, and it's as entertaining for me to watch the reactions on Twitter in real time as plays are going on the TV. It's hilarious. I just, I will watch. I'm telling you, if they, if they don't make a good play, 10 tweets, bench Carson Wentz, fire the coach. All is lost. I'm giving up on this team. The next series, they go down and score. We're going to turn this whole season around. Everything is wonderful. It's great. Carson Wentz was, he's the best thing that we've ever decided upon. And it's like all or nothing, live and die in real time on everything. And I'm like, do you ever look back through your Twitter feed to see how schizophrenic you really are? Real time, everything we think, whew, it's out there. And now we have an appetite for this. Something happens in the news. Some, the governor has a press conference. The president says something. An event happens. And we immediately want to know what everybody has to speak about it. In real time. And there is a time where that is appropriate. The Bible also tells us there's equally appropriate moments to be quiet and to process and to think and to pray and to investigate and to let God speak into your heart. Unfortunately, we live in a day and age where if you're quiet, we assume what you would really say if we drew it out of you. I will tell you there are more reasons than people are quiet than simple tacit agreement. You know what I mean by that? Simply because I don't put a sign in my yard saying what candidate that I'm voting for doesn't mean I don't vote. Doesn't mean that I'm in favor or not in favor of a candidate. It just means I haven't put a sign. There's more reasons than one why there's no sign in my yard. <laughs> Solomon says, as believers, as followers of God, we have to understand there is a season to be quiet, but there is also a season to speak. There's a season where, you know, if you dress for the wrong season, you're going to embarrass yourself. If you don't prepare, there are certain inappropriate things to wear in certain seasons. Although we're losing that too. I talked to one of our young people on the way in today. Who I was out, it was 34 degrees. I'm shivering. He's outside there, short sleeves, just loving life. I mean, I'm telling you, there are some tough teenagers around here. I've seen some of you wear flip-flops and, and, and shorts while it's snowing outside. That age in my life has, has passed. I, I just, I can't tunnel through anymore. But, you know, I've talked, you know, I've, traveled internationally more in the past doing missions work and I mean there's been more than one occasion where I didn't prepare for what the weather was going to be like there I packed for what the weather was like here and I get over there to the other side of the world and I packed for summertime and it is like 20 degrees outside and you're miserable and if you dress for the wrong season it's going to end badly for you 
If you speak in a season where you should be quiet, it's going to end badly for you. And if you're quiet in a season where you should speak, it's going to end badly for you. Wisdom is understanding the season that you're in and dressing appropriately. Wisdom is also saying, I might be in the summer of my life right now, but my close friend is in the winter. And there's just times they don't need me to drag summer into their winter because they're not ready for it yet. And at the same time, your friend doesn't have to say, you know, uh, you know what's the... I won't use that movie example, but you know, your friend doesn't have to say, you know what, I'm miserable, so everybody around me needs to be miserable too. Understand different people are in different seasons. And if you understand what season you're in and what season that they're in, you can dress appropriately for the season that they're in. You know, that's why they say there's a time to grieve and a time to dance. It's not always appropriate to dance in the presence of someone who's grieving, right? You know, just understanding that brings a lot of wisdom into life. There's a season for everything. And the last one I wrote down, no season lasts forever. If it's a season, it has an end to it. And for some of us, that's really sad because you're in a season right now you just love. You know what's complicated is that you might be in multiple different seasons in multiple different categories of your life all at the same time. At work, you might be in a harvest season. You had a good quarter. Things are going well. Business is good relationships are fine and then you might come home and walk through the door and you're at your house you're not in summer right now it is winter it is cold <laughs> there's no leaves on the trees things aren't going smoothly it's very quiet very still and in your spiritual life you might be in a totally different place we're we're, we're complex people and you might be in different seasons in, in your education right now and how it is at school and in your friendships than you are in your spiritual we have different you can be in different seasons simultaneously but no season lasts forever. I don't want you to take that verse and think about it like, okay, I need to approach life like the car ride home from vacation. Have you ever noticed the atmosphere in the car on the way to vacation? Very different from the atmosphere in the car on the way home. At least in our family. I mean, when we drive to vacation, it is like excitement. Here's what we're going to do. You can't get there fast enough. You're excited to get out into the sand and get the stuff out of the car. And, you know, I'm thinking about how can I unload the most efficient way possible to get all these things up in the least amount of trips. It's just because I'm sick. I don't know what's, you know, it's OCD. It's issues. But, but I mean, I mean I've, I've got the vacation playlist usually loaded up. You know, we're having a great time on the way down there. On the way home, it's very different. It's like we can't get home slow enough. Can we just not go home at all? We, we have to go back to real life. I've got to open my emails. I've got to go back to civilization. How are we going to pay for everything we just spent this last week? That's not us. We, we don't do that. But some people, that's what they think. Like, oh, this is a great time. How are we going to pay for it, right? Now it's like, oh, a week earlier, you couldn't wait to get into sand. It's now it's like, how are we going to get all this sand out of our car? You know? And that ride home from vacation is just like you're just sad because it was just, it was a great week. It's a fun season. And now it's like, I've got to go back to the real world again. And, uh, you know, I guess in my own mind, I'm thinking retirement is like, I never have to go back to the real world. I can just, and I know that's not what retirement is. It's the games we play with ourselves. And I don't want you to approach, I don't think Solomon's saying you need to look at life that way. Like life is a vacation and you just need, you know, if you're having a good time, if you're enjoying this season, don't enjoy it too much because sooner or later, the other shoe's going to drop. I grew up kind of thinking that, Chris, that was my take on Christianity, that anytime you got a blessing, 
you need to be worried because something bad was going to happen next. And like it's some yin and yang thing. And I don't believe that. But Solomon does say no season lasts forever. So what do you think he's trying to drive home? I'll use a personal example. Um, we have two boys, as you know. I don't, you can't attend a service here and not know we don't have two boys. Kendra and I love our boys to death. They're, our, they're uh, the center of our world. Do anything for our boys. And uh, I recognize, you know, I have this recognition that with Isaiah, because he's, you know, we're not having any more kids after this is it for us. Um, with Isaiah, I'm like, he, I recognize, I'm very aware there's a sweetness about this season of being three years old. Most of it. <laughs> yeah, no stories. <laughs> you were three at least once, all right? But no one season lasts forever, and there's still a part, like Kendra and I joke about, we hear the little pitter-patter of, I can, you can, when you live together in a house with your family, you can even kind of know when people are coming and going based on just the sound it makes when they walk. And I know with Isaiah, there's never any slow walk anywhere. It's always just energy everywhere. Like he's an energizer bunny. He wakes up ready to go until you force his eyelids close at night. You know, he's just, he's running constantly. And I'm becoming increasingly aware of this as the last three-year-old that's going to come up in the Nower family. And there's a sweetness about this season. And I'll tell you, sometimes when I come home at the end of day of work and you drag yourself out of the car and you get ready to go through that door, and some of you know, you're exhausted. You're just tired. You're, just, you're drained. Your battery is drained. And what you really want to do, you want to sit down, shove some food in your face, and just lay down <laughs> and just rest. You're, you've got nothing left to give. And as soon as I open the door, regardless of what happened on the other side of that door, boom, Daddy, hey, how are you? Hi, hi, hi. Are you ready to play with me? One day, I want to play with you. And I'm thinking, I want to sit down. <laughs> I want to eat something. <laughs> I want to. And I'm reminded that this season is not going to last forever. I don't know what the day is going to be when I come through the door and those little pitter patters of feet stop running towards me. Excited to see Daddy. <laughs> I hope it never happens. There could be days when I open the door, I hear clomp, clomp, clomp running away from Daddy. And I think. In that season of my life, when he starts to, ha you know, I'm not a superhero anymore, and he starts to have other friends and other interests and things. Like, Those are not bad things. That's just different seasons as we grow. But I know enough that in those days, I'm probably going to think, oh, I wish we could go back to when you were three and you'd run to the door. And, I'd and knowing that this season doesn't last forever helps me make a choice every time I walk through that door. Because I don't want to be five years down the road and say, oh, wasn't that such a sweet season? I don't want to start feeling fond about the season I'm in when it becomes a memory. Yes, there's parts about coming through the door when your kids are three. You just can't give them enough attention. They want it, and th there comes a point where your battery is just drained. But it's like that's why moms and dads, grandmas and grandpas, make the choice to say, even when I'm tired, I know I'm, you're going to be three years old one time. So... Yes, let's let's go downstairs and play superheroes. And that means he's going to, I sit on the floor and he says, are you ready for superheroes? And I say, yeah. And I'm always the villain. I never get to be the superhero. And he runs full speed and just runs into me like a tackling dummy and knocks me over. And then he does it again. And again. And, it, and, I, and, I, and I say, you know, uh, you know, let's go downstairs and play superheroes as long, as long as you want. And I don't ever say that again because there's never an end to it. And I'll usually say, okay, Isaiah, last time. He'll be like, can we do two more times? No, we'll do one time. How about three more times? I'm like, where, 
what level of negotiating skill do you have at three? And now I'm going to set a timer. Can you set two timers? You know, <laughs> no season lasts forever. And Solomon lists 28 here. And if you're in a season of grief, you're in a season of crying, you're in a season of being scattered, here's another one, a time to embrace people and a time to not embrace people. And there's times where Solomon says, don't embrace this person right now. There's a time to bring people close and there's a time to say, now's not the time for me to bring you close. There's something toxic going on here. There's all these different seasons in here, but what he says is no season lasts forever. And when you understand the seasonality of life, what it does is it gives you a perspective you wouldn't ordinarily have to dress the right way, to act the right way, to act appropriate for the season that you're in. And even in those unsavory seasons, you know, I don't particularly like grief. That's a season you could cut right out of my life. I haven't had to experience it that much in my own life. Most of my relatives are still alive. I do remember when my grandpa Nauer passed away. I was in my 30s. Um, you know, two, my two great granddads passed away when I was eight. I knew them both. I didn't even go to the funeral. Just that little at that point. The next family member whose funeral I attended, I was in my 30s. I went for like 20 years, more than 20 years, before I experienced grief in my own family. Now, as a pastor, I journeyed with other people through it. I experienced it myself. It wasn't, grief isn't pleasant. It hurts. Sad. You get angry. You think back over things. I don't look forward to ever going through that season. But I can say, that even in that difficult season, you know what it did? It brought together my dad's side of the family. We were spread out all over the place. I hadn't seen many of them in years. And it gave us an occasion to come together and to reminisce and to reflect and to catch up and to be together and really be blessed by, I didn't even know where all of them were with their relationship with the Lord and just seeing um, how so many of them had come to faith in Christ over the years. And, um, and that was good. And it was very good. It restored and reconnected relationships that are stronger today because of that. And it doesn't mean that I would want to go through any of that again. But even in that season, there was something that was able to be salvaged for good. As I close, uh, here's just a couple questions you can think about this week. Maybe just pick one of these. I'm going to ask you three. Of the 28 seasons Solomon includes, Solomon includes in his poem, I read it again in the earlier service. For sake of time, I won't. I've already, you've heard it and I've read through it. Which ones of those 28, or maybe there's one or two of those phrases he uses, which one of those are you experiencing right now that you'd say, yeah, I'm in that season at work or I'm in that season at class right now. I'm in that season at school. I'm in the season with my friends. Which ones of those 28 do you feel like I'm in this right now? It's important for you to be able to kind of understand what season you're in. Um, it's just good to be self-aware. What do you appreciate about the season that you're in? Some, it might be really easy for you to come up with a bunch of things you appreciate about the season of life that you're in right now. What do you not like about the season that you're in? Is there anything you don't like that you're looking forward for change? Okay, second question. How does an understanding of life's seasons Change your perspective on your life as it is today. I answered that for you with one of my own examples. Regardless of how I'm feeling in a given moment, I'm very aware of the unique season I have in the life of, of, of my boys um, and of our family. And it makes me try and push through some of those other things and say, I still want 
I don't want to miss out on some of the sweetness of this season because I was too tired or I was too distracted or I wasn't emotionally present. I'm aware of the seasonality of the different things that come as we age and as we mature. How would an understanding of the seasonality of life impact your life today? I will tell you the one thing that it really will adjust is priorities. And most of us take January every year and we set our priorities for the year and by February they've already moved around on us. When you live with an understanding of seasons, your priorities get set every moment, each day. You understand, it it purposes the common and ordinary things in your life for maximum impact for the season that you're in. And then the last question I, I wrote down, how do, what does this poem reveal to you about God? I answered this question. What does it reveal to you about God? It's in here, so it should tell something about God. Here's what I wrote. God is not seasonal. He's constant like the sun. God is not a season. God doesn't go seasons where he loves us and then he doesn't love us. Where he hates us and then he, do, and then he, and, you know, then he loves it. Where he wants to make war with us and then makes peace. God is not seasonal. The one constant in our understanding of seasons is the sun. And God is not the sun. The sun is not God. We don't have a sun God. But God created the sun. And God's saying, I don't change, but you do. And there's different seasons of life you'll pass through. But in every season, I'm there. I'm accessible. Now, in the spring seasons of your life, you might receive a lot of new ideas and rebirth from me. You might be bursted with inspiration about a new thing to do, a, new, a, a decision for your family, a pursuit of your education, something you want to do for the Lord, a new volunteer pursuit, something you want to do financially. It's a spring season. Maybe you're in a summer season spiritually where you're like, I've heard from the Lord and I'm go, 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 go. All activity, all action. It's hot all the time. I feel God's presence on me all the time. I, 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 I'm alive, I'm active. I've, you might be in a fall season where you're like, now I am reaping the rewards. I'm harvesting. I'm in, the, I'm, I'm in that finishing phase of this latest idea. I'm moving into it. It's my reality now. But it's a transition. And maybe, maybe you're in a spiritual winter where you say, you know what, I look outside and I see the tree, but there's no leaves on it. <laughs> it's quiet. It's still. I don't hear God every moment of every day. I'm not working on the latest idea. I'm, I'm wondering, is he ever going to talk to me again? Is there, spring's coming. But winter's good for us too. I wrote that God is... Not seasonal. He's constant. Praise his name that he's not seasonal. Because I wouldn't want you to come into a relationship with God expecting life to be evergreen when God says it's seasonal. Because what happens is some people expect God to give them an evergreen life like this. If you give your life to Jesus, some people think God's going to promise you all the money you could ever handle. You'll never have another conflict. Every relationship you get into is going to work out. You'll have the best friends and the worst ones will stay away from you. No one will say wrong things about you. You'll never have any more conflict at work or in your family or at home. Your income and your whole life will just always be on a graph going up and to the right. And God's saying quite the contrary. He's saying life is going to constantly change. Life's going to go through seasons. Some seasons will taste better than others. Some seasons will have more opportunities than obstacles. Some seasons will have more obstacles than opportunities. But I am constant. I am with you. There's a purpose, he says, for every season under heaven. What that means is if God allows it, then it's necessary for you. If God withholds it, then it's not necessary for you. 
You can trust God to lead you through the different seasons of life. There's a purpose in every season that he's trying to accomplish a work in our lives. Wisdom comes from knowing what season you're in. And then out of that, sensitivity and compassion is understanding the seasons of the people who walk closest to you and how you can dress appropriately to walk alongside them in that season. Because odds are you've walked through what they're going through or they're walking through something you've yet to go through. And there's a mutual strength that can be given one to another when you walk closely with different people through seasons of life. But praise his name, my life is not based upon chasing after a season. It's about chasing after a God that is constant, dependable, reliable, durable, evergreen. That's the God that I serve. Keith, will you guys come back? Let me pray for everyone this morning. In fact, as we bow our head and close our eyes, I want to ask God just to to bring into your imagination one person that's very close to you in your life. Could be a spouse, sibling, a friend, a coworker. I want God to bring one person in your imagination, a friend from school. And in your imagination between you and God, why don't you just ask the Lord, Lord, show me one season that they're in right now. What's one of the seasons? Are they in a season of sadness, of uncertainty? Are they anxious? Are they thriving and growing? Are they stressed? Are they feeling alone? Are they confident? Are they seeking, searching, investigating? Are they transitioning and changing? And if God has whispered some insight to you right now, hold on to that. If he hasn't, that's okay. Just keep your mind and your heart open to him over the next few hours, the next few days. The follow-up question that is, God, knowing what season this person is in, how can you use me to be an extension of your love to them right now? How can I best come alongside them in this season that they're in? Good, bad, (laughs) mixture of all of the above? Lord, we humble ourselves before you today and we thank you that you are constant even though life changes. I pray over each one of us that you will raise within us the maturity to start understanding how life's seasons operate. To not take personally things that aren't intended to be personal, but to look inside the season that we're at right now and seek you to give us purpose and resource and wisdom to accomplish what you intend in us during this season that we walk in. Lord, I believe you're moving Echo as a church out of a time of harvest where we celebrated the completion of a building, the occupancy of a new space, 10 years of very hard work and investment in this community, and you're moving us into a new season of preparing the ground to to plant new life again, to plant Royal Rangers, to plant Girls Ministry, to plant Celebrate Recovery, to plant midweek services. Lord, we can't even put dates on the calendar yet because next year is so uncertain, but we recognize in our heart that it's time for us to get the ground ready for that seed to go in and be what you've called us to be. So Lord, I recognize that um, that brings with it change, that brings with it new vision and new ideas. Will you just have your way with our church as a whole as we move into this new season of planting? We thank you for this season where you gave us ideas and a vision and we saw it come to pass. And now we, we, we open up our hearts for the next thing that you have for us. And friend, if you don't have a personal relationship with God this morning, I wanna lead you in a prayer right now where you can come into a relationship with God and begin to understand him and know him 
and, uh, and grow in him the way that he always intended you to be. A simple prayer that says, Jesus, I recognize I'm a sinner and I need to be saved. I'm experiencing something right now that's letting me know for sure deep inside of my heart that I need to be made clean, that you and I are not right, that, that there are parts about me that, I, that need to change that I can't change. And so, Lord, today I confess my belief in your son, Jesus. Jesus, I believe you are perfect and sinless, that you died on the cross. That's what I deserved. I deserved to be put to death for, for my sins. You didn't deserve that, but because of your love for me and your obedience to your dad, you hung on that cross and you died. I believe that the payment you made to your father for my sins was accepted and that's why you rose from the dead. If God didn't accept that payment for me, you'd, you'd, you'd still be in a tomb somewhere. We could dig up your body, but, but you rose from the dead. You're alive today. And because of that, I have the confidence to believe everything you tell, about me, tell me about my past, my present, and my future. So I surrender. I surrender the control of my life to you, Jesus. You sit in the driver's seat, and I'll move over to the passenger seat. I welcome you to live inside of me, and I... I sense now even I'm being reborn. It's like a spring of my soul. I feel like I'm just being born completely again from the inside out. Help me to understand how you designed life to operate in order that I can thrive in every season. In your mighty name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Echo Community Church Podcast. If today's message impacted you, or you want to talk about one of the topics we discussed today, email us at info at echochurchmd.com. We would love to connect with you online. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube by searching our church name, Echo Community Church. Send a message or leave a comment to at Echo Community Church and let's continue the conversation. And if you live locally in Baltimore County, Maryland, we invite you to our Sunday worship experience. You can find out more on our website at echochurchonline.com.